So last time we helped you get a basic understanding of you know some aspects of building a character. We we met we briefly met Wood Elf Ranger Ahoy the Fourth. It's very exciting. And uh, now today we're just going to finish up all of the uh, character building. First off, there is there is a very important aspect uh, that uh, Alex is going to tell you about. I'm going to tell you about um, building your character's personality. So things like background, alignment, um, and different personality traits. And this is important because it's good to know how your character acts and reacts to things um, so that you're not you're not just playing yourself that you're actually role playing. Um, and maybe and everybody's character probably has some overlap with who they really are, but it, I think it's really helpful to think about these things for someone who's never done any type of um, tabletop role playing game. And in the player's handbook, there is a rubric to help you build a character. Um, and they are found in these backgrounds. So I thought I would use the example of a very, straightforward background, which is in the book, uh, which is the soldier. So number one, by choosing a background, um, it gives you two skill proficiencies. Um, so that's uh, related to your uh, ability scores, but they're a little bit more specific. So for example, a soldier is given proficiency in athletics and intimidation. It also gives you tool proficiencies. Uh, so in this case, you have proficiency in a type of gaming set, and you can decide what that is, and land vehicles. And it also gives you your equipment. Um, so it yeah helps you out with these little details. And it also gives you a chance to choose or roll for a specialty. So if you have an idea of what your you if you have an idea of what you want your character to be, you can just pick it. But if you're like, hey, I want to, I have no idea what I want, or I want to make a random character, you can just roll. Um, so, for example, you could decide were you an officer, or an infantry member, or just staff. And it also gives you suggestions for things like your personality traits, ideals, bonds, and flaws. Um, and at least in my opinion, it's not strictly necessary to fill these out exactly as they're written. Uh, but they're really helpful if you don't know where to start. Um, on the other hand, uh, if you already know who you want your character to be, you can kind of use background selection to metagame a little bit. So if you have this idea, uh, I want to be this kind of character, so I'm going to choose a background that helps me gain the proficiencies I think this character needs. So it's not like a just a, a background story for the person. Like, wait, I'm a little like confused as to like because you mentioned the soldier, but that's just like one example. Like, yeah, exactly. Is it so? There's an infinite number. Not like there's a lot of different examples. And then, what are mm -hmm. the traits that I could conceivably then, if I wanted to create my own story or whatever, as the background of the character? I don't know if that's what. Sorry, maybe I'm misunderstanding. Um. I think, so there are backgrounds in the book. There are some DMs that say, we're going to stick to the player's handbook. 
but there are also other DMs that allow for more flexibility. So you can either create it your own or look for other backgrounds that are available um, online or something. But I guess usually for the start, it's helpful to limit yourself a little bit so you just aren't terribly overwhelmed with, um, yeah, thousands of different choices. What are some other examples other than just soldier? So there's the urchin, uh, which would be, uh, yeah, like someone who kind of grew up on the streets. There's the, what else do we have? There's the sage, so someone that would be more scholarly. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Folk hero. Um, Charlatan. Oh, yeah. Outlander probably works pretty well for a ranger. Mm -hmm. Hermit as well is good for rangers. Mm Mm-hmm. And all of these come with specific benefits or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay. Different items, different skill proficiencies. Oh, okay. So it's just like a subsect of the main thing that I picked? Yeah. And it's not dependent on your class or race that anybody, any combination mm-hmm. of class or race can take this background depending on what they want their character to be. Got it. Okay. Um. I'm trying to picture, like, then what are the different traits that are uh, of benefit or of, dem- like, that can help or hurt one if they, ch- depending on the cho- they, what they choose, if that makes sense? I don't think there's anything that hurts. Um, okay. But um, from the metagame perspective, you can say, okay, as a ranger, I think it's important for me to have good, um, well, what do you get originally as a ranger? I forget. So the skill. So all classes have different skills that they can choose. They can choose a certain amount. Mm-hmm. And rangers have, you can choose three from either animal handling, athletics, insight, investigation, nature, perception, stealth, and survival. Oh, okay. So the skills, the list on the page that you guys sent me. Mm-hmm. So those are the skills that I get to choose from? Yeah, mm-hmm. you can choose three. But your background gives you a two few more. extra ones, like two, usually two that mm-hmm. are just yours for free i see i see so basically based on those skills of those skills that i want to add i will pick a background that benefits to that pretty much yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay kind of also helps with like just like thinking about what you like where a character comes from what their background is but yeah i i usually just like look at the skills what i want and then i just kind of come up with a backstory that kind of fits the archetype so that's what I'm confused about. Is it just like a like a like another version of like a class that I'm picking or check marking? Like, oh, I'm a soldier, and so I can get these things. Or is it like an actual like narrative background that motivates the character? Uh, the motivations are something that you choose, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about. Oh, okay. Like fleshing out your character and trying to make it feel real. So, it's giving you like the very base building block of what your character has been or has done in the past and the reason that they have the skills that they do have. Um, but it doesn't develop the way a class does. It's just there as the baseline. Got it. I don't know exactly what to pick here. So my general idea is that I don't know how this would work. Hmm. Um, I don't know what they would be ahead of time. I haven't figured that out yet. But my only idea so far is that they're the sole survivors of a genocide from like a rival elf clan that um, that were an, like allies and then stabbed them in the back and destroyed all of their thing. And he was uh, like, yeah, as I said, the sole survivor and he like lost everything and everyone that he cares about. And 
now he is living his life like fending for himself yeah fending for himself slash uh finding family and those that he uh mm-hmm. is working with now and that whole typical character arc does he does he have like a rural or a like urban background like what do you have any idea about that yeah let's say rural okay yeah then i'd really say like outlander sounds mm-hmm. pretty good because you'll get athletics and survival which are good for rangers anyway so you can get like from that pool that uh, adam said uh like that he mentioned um you can get you can choose other ones that will just benefit you that seems so normal <laughs> yeah i mean uh i get that like for my first uh for my first character i also took something really like i d- i had a rogue with a sage background which is definitely not something usual i'm interested in this idea of a folk hero what's that mm-hmm. hmm. so a folk hero is that you came from a humble social rank but you are destined for more uh, already people in your village they regarded you as you know you know when we have a problem we go to the Ahoy. fourth. Ahoy, there you go. That was, I was like, a boy? That's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ahoy also fourth. isn't a name, yeah. but we'll just yeah, go so, with this. <laughs> yeah, so Folker is like, you were relied upon and trusted within your community. The, uh, you get bonus skills in animal handling, so animals trust you, and survival. You know how to look after yourself. You gain, um, similar to soldier, you get one type of um, artisan's tools in this case. So you could be good with um, a hammer and chisel. You could be good at um, doing wood carving, just something that you're, you know, you're handy with. And you also get proficiency in land vehicles. So you can drive wagons or you can drive things like that, open carts, things like that, that you helped uh, merchants move and stuff. I'm sold. And, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, sounds pretty good. Ahoy the folk hero. Yes, that is me. Nice. <laughs> so maybe that could be another reason um, that you survived. One, maybe you weren't there and that guilts you that you weren't there when people ooh, relied on you. Ooh, ooh. Oh, I'll have to flesh oh. that out. I wonder. Yeah. I want it to be more tragic than that. I like maybe tragic. you were more there. More tragic than, yeah. than Maybe you were there life. and you were defeated. Oh, or, yes. Or like they, they slaughtered everyone to like get back at you sort of thing. Ah, oh, I like that. Tied me to a chair and made me watch as they slaughtered everything. <laughs> <laughs> just have everyone line up and just stab them. <laughs> All because I stole his donkey. Yes. Yeah, something like that. It was a very nice donkey. <laughs> I had a donkey. His name was Porkchop. I can't tell you you're joking or not. No. No, this, no, was a had... D- this was a D&D donkey. His name yeah. was Porkchop. And he was... Magical. He was. He would disappear, then reappear like on top of a top of a building, and lady like like a little child say, "Your donkey saved us from the ghosts." And I'm like, "He did what? <laughs> he did all these amazing adventures when we weren't watching." <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. Job. What a donkey! Yeah. It's a great name, by the way. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. My character was a very dumb barbarian, and um, I was hungry when when we found him. So. <laughs> So the next thing, um, yeah, D&D has an alignment. Uh, there are two dichotomies, and it makes a nine-square a nine-square plot, and you find out where you fall in between that. So the first alignment uh, dichotomy is that between good and evil. And I should preface this with 
if you ask 12 D&D players what alignment means, you'll probably get 12 at least slightly different answers. Uh, so this is just my interpretation. So people might uh, argue with this, but that's fine. Anyway, so this dichotomy between good and evil, I would define good as putting the needs of others before your own or that you are more concerned with the good of others than like enriching yourself or looking after yourself. And then on the other side, that evil is um, being selfish, looking after yourself, wanting to improve your lot in life with a complete disregard for how it affects other people. Including death. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then the thing that's in the middle is called neutral. So neutral would be that, that you have a balance between the two, that sometimes you look out for others, sometimes you look out for yourself. So um, relatively evenly, because obviously um, even a good character might choose a selfish option sometimes and evil might help someone out as well. So that's uh, very generally the difference between good and evil. And then we have lawful versus chaotic. A lawful character is someone that follows external rules. That could be the rules of society, um, just the rule of law that is in the land that we are operating in, or maybe for a paladin or a cleric that you are following the law of your deity, but that you choose to follow that most times. Like as a rule, you follow a certain law. And then chaotic, I define as like being rebellious against some sort of law. Um, this is the one that maybe people disagree with because I feel like some people think chaotic means just being random. But the book says that a chaotic character has their own set of rules and values and they act according to that. So it's not just being completely random at different times that the things that they do are pushing against rules set by other people, which is what makes them chaotic. So you choose two of the things to mix and to make your own alignment. <laughs> you could be a lawful good. You could be a lawful neutral. You could be a chaotic good or a chaotic evil. And how do you think your character fits in what describes him? No, I think I'll be a chaotic good. That sounds fun. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. So you follow your own rules for the betterment of others. Because you know better. Or so what I uh, so I think. Yeah. <laughs> Did you decide on your alignment, Alex? Well, I am a cleric, so... Yeah, but you could be an evil cleric. We can't have two evil characters in this party. <laughs> and you definitely can't have a lawful evil and a, lawful, and a chaotic evil character. It just... God. You would murder each Ooh, other. Can I be evil too? <laughs> then we can just be a evil threesome. No, no, we can't do that because... Evil characters are really difficult for DMs, and this is my first time DMing. So, oh, so that. yes, we're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so. you can, you can, uh, you can change your alignment. That could be like yes. part of your arc. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, oh man. Because then I would love to be like the Han Solo type. Where I start evil-ish, and then I end up like good, mm -hmm. or end up neutral. Mm -hmm. yeah. So my character, for example, is lawful evil. Oh, mm -hmm. I thought you were chaotic. No, he's not chaotic. He oh. follows the rules of his organization. Okay, I didn't realize that. The rule, his organization has very loose rules, but they have rules. Okay. And a belief system that they follow. And my character is lawful good. 
how 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 many what do you th what do you think is like the ratio of lawful good characters that you've played um, as opposed to other alignments i think it might be it might be 50 50 might be a little less because i mm. know i've had two true neutral characters and a few neutral good good yeah neutral good characters as well mm -hmm. so but i've never played an e evil character true yeah. neutral is the closest i've gotten to that side i'd love to see you try playing an evil character yeah <laughs> i would be, be terrible fun. i think that's one of the reasons i go away from it just that i feel like i wouldn't be good at it i honestly mm. i'm not a fantastic role player so <laughs> or or it just unleashes something inside of you <laughs> and then we're all screwed <laughs> so you could start off as an evil character but then you have this long redemption arc and your alignment changes as you go you definitely can make really um, interesting characters uh, that way, which is actually what I want to talk about next is like actually like aside from the rubrics that are given to help you that how do you actually make a character that feels real? And a lot of people do that. Um, a lot of people do that by building detailed character backstories. But I think that can be a little bit overrated um, because most of the time the other players only ever learn like bits and pieces of it. Um, and I speak from experience. I tend to write rather expansive backstories and no one ever finds out. So I think that backstories are mostly for you to understand who your character is um, and maybe um, especially for larger campaigns to share that with the DM so they can weave parts of your story into the adventure which, you know, is cool because it can help you with your character development and gives you an opportunity to tell other characters about um, who you are and what your backstory is. Um, so regardless of whether or not you're giving your character a complicated history, you do need to know who they are. Uh, yeah, I want to depart from the player's handbook a little bit and discuss this more generally. So this is coming from me and from other players about what we think makes good D&D characters as well as what makes a bad D&D character. So I have four points I recommend thinking about when it comes to making your fleshed out character that people enjoy adventuring with. And number one is what is your character's motivation? So in other words, what is the character's in-game reason for being on this adventure? Other ways to think about it, what are their goals, their dreams, their desires, and why do they want the things that they want? For example, if you're going like with the standard shonen anime trope of like, I want to be stronger, why? Why does your character want to be strong? Is it for approval? Is it to protect someone or something? Is it to achieve a certain rank or certain status? Why? Why are you doing the things that you do? revenge <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh that's number one uh number two try your best not to make an idealized character um as i say nobody likes a mary sue slash gary stew the game will often take care of this to a certain extent because of the stats you rolled and your dice rolls you will fail at times um but it's important to have flaws beyond your stats um, so it's important to think of a personal flaw that you have. And these can be ways to show your character growth over time. So because I'm talking a lot, uh, I would like to ask, what are some flaws that you guys have had in your past characters or a flaw that you can think of that might be uh, 
an interesting flaw for a D&D character to have. I think with my first character that I built, the the uh, rogue, uh, she was too too curious sometimes for her own good. Like she would kind of get carried away and just like if she if she like was very interested in it in something she would disregard all caution and she like i remember once we looted a looted a dungeon and like she tripped she uh tripped a trap that was like just like she's like sprung a trap that almost killed her uh with like some poison darts and after that she was like a little bit more cautious for a while or like she would like sacrifice a lot to gain more knowledge Mm -hmm. uh, including getting turned into a vampire Yep, so. I remember that very distinctly. <laughs> yes, your curiosity <laughs> led you to a very dark place, and yeah. uh, instead of returning and informing your party, you decided to investigate, and you ended up in the clutches of a vampire who killed you. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a character for a long time, but um, one of my really old characters from an older edition, um, he didn't have, he had a drinking problem, and his um. Thing. he would get very very nervous and he'd get the shakes and stuff if he didn't have alcohol after a certain amount of time and uh, i think i briefly mentioned him last week he was an archer and but he was a great shot while he was while he had something to calm his nerves so he was just a, a nervous person who needed alcohol as a reliance to keep him keep him in the fight keep him steady because the adventuring is scary it's not, some people need a pick-me-up we had another character who she was addicted to a certain type of uh, a drug called Gorge Root that uh, gave her a huge adrenaline rust that she needed to like get through battles. Um, but it was very addictive and it turned your teeth purple. <laughs> so it's like like fantasy speed. Yeah. <laughs> the, my current character, he doesn't have like a physical flaw like that. His flaw is more mental is that um, he gets very, very into what he's doing, so much so that he doesn't want to stop, and he can cause trouble by taking things too far, just just to push it, just to see what happens. So, yeah, but there are there are lots of different flaws that you could choose. Some's like um, you do anything for money, or you do anything for fame, or you'll do anything at the cost of your very soul for vengeance, or... Um, Things like that. Or you could just be you're unreliable. You're always late. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to raid that dungeon six hours ago, man. Where were you? <laughs> were you on the gorge route again? <laughs> We've talked about this. And there are some suggestions in the book. Um, if you can't think of one yourself or... Um, yeah, you just... Um, or if you can't think of one yourself or if you want some extra ideas. Now that we've talked about flaws, we also need to talk about why the other characters are adventuring with you. What is the in-game reason or the in-game reasons that you are on this team? What does your character bring to the table besides damage in combat? Um, so this is um, a little bit of a warning with flaws, like to make sure that your flaw doesn't make you really unpleasant to play with. Um, This, of course, doesn't mean that your character needs to be friendly and thoughtful and a team player, but you shouldn't have a character that's so reckless or stupid or evil or even just so plain annoying that any sane character would have, like, tied them up and left them by the side of the road. So, yeah, you need to think of in-game reasons, not, 
oh, my friends are playing this, so I get to be as annoying as possible. Um, but yeah, like, why are they actually sticking with my character? Um, so if you're creating a character who is unfriendly or difficult in some way, uh, also think about, so what are their good sides? When or with whom do they show these good sides? And this um, gives your character room to grow and better themselves along the way. So has anyone of you ever tied a, someone else's character to a pole and left them there? Now that um, that was a very specific example. So. I've wanted to is the thing. We, we did kill a pre, an older character who um, went a bit mad. Yeah. With, with the, the uh, consent of the player or just as a surprise? No, no, he, he knew it was coming. Ah, okay. <laughs> he did some things that made it so like our characters could no longer be with him and he would not go quietly. We gave him the option to leave and he did not. So you had him, you, you made him leave. He a started a fight that he obviously ah. wasn't going to win. Rashad looks very intimidated right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and then just the last thing um, I have is uh, to remember that you are not the protagonist. Um, I think that can be a helpful um, in-game and out-of-game reminder. Of course, there are times in D&D where you get your epic protagonist moments. So maybe a really amazing combat turn or a standout role-playing encounter. But at the end of the day, this is a collaborative game. I like to use the absolutely useless analogy of bridge. Have any of you guys played bridge before? Nope. No. I will still carry on with this. Um, so what you need to know about bridge is uh, you play with four people, uh, two people to each team. And when you're playing, you're not just playing with the cards in your hand, you're playing with your teammates' cards as well. So if you're only focused on what's right in front of you, you're not going to make the best play. When you're playing D&D, I, I think of it as essentially constructing a cooperative story. And you're making the story with the other players and the DM. And the story always turns out best when you trust your fellow players and you give everyone the opportunity to shine. Nicely put. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about like trying to build your character and be a good D&D player. Do I have to do all this right now? No. 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 Okay. No, it takes, the, it takes some time. I've been building my character for a while now. So no, no, it takes some time. Oh, man. So you just gave me a bunch of homework, huh? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But yep. this is a really good, That's really helpful um, story, I guess, or like points to focus on as I do this. I have a lot of it. I have a lot of inspiration. So so this means the next time we talk, I have to have everything ready? Yes. Okay, yes. cool. That's my homework. Got but it. But we so. won't be talking for a few weeks, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing on the list is weapons and armor. Different classes have access to different equipment. Rangers are a martial class, which means you have a selection of armors and weapons that you can pick from. So you do get a set of starting equipment. That uh, I don't know if you have it there, but I can read it out for you. Depending on how um, mobile or tanky you want your character to be. The first thing on the equipment list is uh, your proficiency. So you're proficient with light armor which is like leather armor and things like that. It gives you um, the ability to stealth without any penalties, but also provides you a bit of protection. And you're also 
uh, proficient with medium armor, which gives you more protection, but it's not quite as quiet. Uh, you're also proficient with simple weapons, such as clubs, axes, daggers, uh, and also martial weapons, which are more complicated, like broadswords and longbows and specialized weapons like pole arms. In your starting equipment, you can choose A or B, scale armor or leather armor. Scale armor being medium armor. It's much thicker. It's some scaled um, pieces over your shoulders and arms. Better uh, defense, but uh, gives you disadvantage on stealth checks. Whereas leather armor gives you less protection, but gives you no penalty to stealth checks. I'll take the leather armor, please. Okay. So put down leather armor. I'm going to tell you what your... Uh, Where do AC I write this? So there is a box called AC or armor class. It is next to your initiative. Looks like a little shield on your top of your sheet up here. Ah, armor class. Okay. So with leather armor, leather armor gives you uh, a bonus 11 to AC and it includes plus your dexterity modifier. So can you tell me what is your dexterity modifier? Do you remember? Plus three. Down. Yep. So three plus 11 is your AC. You have an AC of 14. Okay. So that means that when an enemy tries to hit you, they have to get 14 or higher to actually get through your defenses. Okay. Just, to, just so you know, the uh, scale would have given you AC 16. Oh. You would have had 16, but you'd have disadvantage on stealth. Okay. Because it is louder. Yeah. But um, you'd be harder to hit. Now, you can also go and buy new armor later. So if you do yeah. want more AC, you can get stuff like that. And you're also, as a ranger, you are proficient with shields. So if you did want to use a shield at some point in a battle, you can always pop one on, and that will improve your... Uh, your AC by two. Okay. You just you don't have a shield currently though, and if you have a shield, if you use a shield, that means you can't use two-handed weapons at the Fair same enough. time. Yeah. Yeah. But wait, who says I only have two arms? <laughs> I do. Oh. Oh. Right. Uh, next up on the list, you get to choose uh, what starting weapons your um your guy starts off with. So he could either start off with two short swords or two simple melee weapons. Melee weapons include long swords, uh, long bows, that type of stuff. So as a ranger and a folk hero, you have pretty much, you can pretty much use most weapons without any problems. But then two simple melee weapons. Simple melee weapons include Clubs, daggers, great clubs, hand axes, javelins, light hammers, maces, quarterstaff, sickles, spear. And I can pick, I have to pick two of the same kind? Uh, nope, you can pick any two. So you can get two short swords, mm -hmm. or you can get two of a mixture of other types. And they're part of your standard background. But uh, you do have proficiency with stronger weapons as part of your class. And for being an elf, you also have longsword and longbow proficiencies, which you can like mm. buy later. This is just equipment that you have. And I you I could conceivably start with a longsword. That's something that I could start with? Or like uh, long, yeah, so like, you get a, a certain amount of money at the start for your class. And then you, as like the first game prep, you would say, I spend this much of my gold so that at the start of the game, I have a longsword. 
I Got sold it. my two short swords or I sold one of my short swords or something like oh, that. Oh, so the simple melee weapons don't include the long sword, sorry. No. Uh, a okay. long sword is a martial weapon. They are a bit more expensive, ah. but and you don't start with one. But I see. I see. Uh, however, you do start with a longbow and a quiver of 20 arrows. And then the last thing you get to pick is what type of uh, travel equipment you have. You have the option between a dungeoneer's pack and an explorer's pack. And they each have different uh, things inside them. So a dungeoneer's pack would include a backpack with a crowbar and hammers, pittons, torches, rations, water skins, and rope. Stuff for exploring a dungeon. Stuff to like wall climbing. I need to get down this cliff. Yeah. It's dark in here. I'll use my torches. And the explorer's pack is for more travel. You get a backpack, a bedroll, mess kit, tinderbox, torches, rations, water skin, and rope. So I have to pick now, right? Uh, you could decide later if you want, but then you do get to choose between those two things. Dungeoneer's okay. pack for exploring dungeons or explorer's pack for more uh, wildly wild travel. Maybe I'll pick the explorer pack yeah sounds good where do i write this down somewhere uh, you'd put it in equipment so basically there is a box down here called equipment and that you could just include right there just say explorers pack okay and um we can go over later to like give you dots of what's in the explorers pack okay or bullet points explorers pack and where would i write the weapon that i have uh, so, for example, my character, I have my weapon written down in equipment, but I also have the attacks for the weapons written here in my attacks and spellcasting boxes. I see. I see. So I have the longbow plus of you the, have the plus two, simple two melee other weapons. melee weapons. Okay. You can either use two short swords or uh, two random things like a club and a sickle or um, okay. stuff like that. Okay. Okay. So I'll pick a dagger as one. And then what are the other options that I have? Uh, there's clubs, spears, um, sickles, hand axes. A mace. Mace. Yeah. Quarterstaff. Quarterstaff. What's a mace? What's a quarterstaff? <laughs> the quarterstaff is basically a staff, not as tall as a wizard staff. It's a bit more short. It can be used as a walking stick and as a weapon for fighting. Uh, a mace is a, ha a shaft of wood with a big heavy metal ball on top. Sometimes it spikes. Oh, that thing. Okay. That all the evil people have in movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the walking stick thing. Quarter staff. Okay, cool. What's handy about quarter staff is that it can be used in one hand or two hands. Oh, that's cool. Good to know. And if you use it with two hands, you deal more damage. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, I see. I think that's it for the equipment section of the character creation. Not quite. There is one last item for you. Oh, oh no. special. Uh, a special item. Uh, it's a good thing. You don't need to be worried. Uh, because as a kind of a bonus, kind of a house rule that Adam has, um, I got everyone like the chance to get one uh, magical item. So you'll get to choose an uh, uncommon magical item. And um, Adam kind of compiled a list for me so that i can give you some th things to sh choose on because from because otherwise it's going to be like dozens of things so first off is the javelin of lightning that is like basically a javelin that once a day you can throw and it turns into a lightning bolt and attacks everyone in a straight line of 120 feet um then we have 
a plus one magic weapon, which just means you get to add a plus one to your attack roll and your damage. But it, your weapon also counts as as a magic weapon, uh, which is useful because some enemies will not be harmed by any non-magical damage. Then there is uh, the weapon of warning. It, it yeah, it warns you of danger, and when when you have it, you basically you have advantage of uh, on initiative rolls, but you also cannot be surprised. Um, which sometimes when you know when you get attacked and somebody has a like surprises you, you didn't see them coming, they will get an extra round of attack against you. So that wouldn't be happening if you had that. There is uh, the braces of archery, which might you know. As a as a as a person with a longbow, you basically uh, you get a plus two uh, bonus to damage rolls when you attack with your longbow. Then we have more defensive items. One is uh, called the cloak of protection, which gives you a plus one bonus to your armor class and all of your saving throws. Then we have the uh, plus one magic shield, which is basically you know. you know, it get, get, gives you... Is it one plus one AC? Plus one AC. So yeah, you would have a plus three AC from it instead of the normal plus one. Or plus two, sorry. Yeah. And then we have the uh, Periapt of Wound Closure, which uh, basically, if you... We've talked about saving throws, la- uh, death saving throws last time. And that one basically, as I understand it, it, uh, it makes you succeed. And also... Whenever you try to get, regain hit points, you uh, it doubles the amount that you would restore. And lastly, there is kind of a utility uh, group. One is called a bag of holding, which is kind of like just an infinite bag where you can like it's like a it, it's it's a bag that you have, and when you open it up, there's like a pocket dimension, and you can just throw stuff in there like crazy, like Mary Poppins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then there's the uh, ever smoking bottle which is really handy when you're trying to get away. Uh, like you open up this bottle and it just, you know, it uh, emits a lot of smoke. And so within a 60 foot radius, uh, so it's very obscured and everybody, like all of the foes will just not be able to see you basically. Yeah, when, you, when you're closing it, the, the like cloud dissipates, but until then, like, or at least for like 10 minutes, it's still there. So you could use that to kind of, stab people in the back or run away or something like that then there's kind of a kind of an interesting one the robe of useful items uh that you wear that has a lot of uh, like patches on them that are just when you um like detach one of them they turn into objects like a dagger or a pole or rope or uh, and also like a few other ones that the way i see it are at my digression so there could be some surprises in there. Like suddenly there is a boat or something. I don't know. So there, there's just like a bunch of useful items that you might use. Uh, in, we in literally some... had that happen. Yes. <laughs> when somebody had the room that they were just like opened all of them and like threw a boat at someone. It was fantastic. We did yeah. actually throw a boat at somebody. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's so good. Uh <laughs> Uh, next, we uh, have the slippers of spider climbing, which basically just means you can uh, walk, uh, you know, vertical surfaces and like horizontal surfaces. Just like you can basically spider climb. 
I think basically you're a Spider-Man. You're basically yeah. Spider-Man, but without the web slinging. I only get to pick one of these. Is that the yes. rule? Okay. Yes. And last, there's the Luckstone, which gives you a plus one bonus to all ability checks and saving throws. So if you look at your character sheet, all of the box, like within the box, all of the stats with saving throws and skills, you could basically add a plus one to all of them. Oh man, there's a lot in here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's so funny. So as you were going, it's like, oh, I want that one. And then you read the next one. I was like, oh, I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> Just the whole way down. I'm like, oh my God, they all sound exciting. Um, Define, uh, like, Spider-Man powers. Like, can I walk on anything? The boots of Spider-Climb. Oh, no, they're not boots. They're slippers. Sorry, slippers of Spider-Climb. I'm in the wrong section of the book. Gotta go to the S section. <laughs> You're not in the footwear se- section. <laughs> <laughs> really should all be together. Yeah. And if yeah. I'm if I'm climbing, do I have my hands free still? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you could run up a wall and start shooting people while up on the wall. My idea. So exactly. while you wear these light shoes, you can move up, down, and across vertical surfaces, uh, upside down along ceilings while leaving your hands free. You have a climbing speed equal to your walking speed. However, the slippers do not allow you to move this way on a slippery surface, such as something covered with ice or oil. So you can pretty much walk anywhere and attack so cliffs hmm. dungeons you don't have to worry if we all know there's a gorge okay i'm gonna walk down the gorge and walk back up to the other side yeah. got it got it got it got it and then there's the uh, cloak of invisibility right or whatever no the not protection. invisibility Good. protection yeah, yeah okay that's a Harry Potter <laughs> thing. The cloak of invisibility. <laughs> There's also a bag of holding. Hermione's bag in book oh, seven. Yeah. There's also a bag okay. of holding in a way. Good point. <laughs> I'm so like what you want to do, but if you want something that deals damage, something that protects you, or something that gives you more utility. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I was debating between protection or utility. Mm. I don't really need too much damage. Maybe I would, but I feel like I'd rather just run away from my problems. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say, uh, I have used the ever-smoking bottle before, and I kind of didn't... It saved our ass once, otherwise we would have been killed, but otherwise it was, like, not that useful. Yeah, because then you guys are too strong. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Do I know what you guys have? Or no? I'm yeah, my character that. has a cloak of protection, so I took one to give me bonus to AC and my saving throws. Because I felt my character saving throws needed a bit of help. Mm. And I got the luck stone. Yeah, those are two pretty good ones. Mm. Got it. My stats aren't fantastic, so I needed help too. Mm. Uh, I think I'll take the slippers. (laughs) Nice. 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 That's cool. I just want to be able to go anywhere I want to go. Yeah. Nice. Which is a, that could be a central part of your character that you hate being restrained. You want to be able to go anywhere. I mean, that sounds well, you, gravity. like my real life, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too real there. As I said, like there's always going to be a little bit of you in the character. We mentioned uh, in the first section that the sort of major points about rangers is that they have the favored enemy and a sort of favored terrain so you get to pick at this point one favored enemy 
Um, and this is because you have a lot of experience in studying, uh, tracking, hunting, and even interacting with this type of enemy. So here are your options. So first, you can select two races of humanoid or aberrations, beasts, celestials, constructs, dragons, elementals, fae, fiends, giants, monstrosities, oozes, plants, or undead. So I can pick either two humanoids or one of the above of the long thing, yeah. long list you mentioned, yeah? Yes. Okay. And do I know what inhabits this land that we're going to be adventuring in? No. Nope. Okay, cool. Because I, I kind of, I, I'm kind of hoping slash dreading that you will pick one of the like major plot points. <laughs> That'll be really interesting. Hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll get back to this. We can move on to the next thing, and okay. then I'll, I'll, I will decide this as I think more about my character. So then you have a favored terrain, um, and what this means is that you have certain benefits. So. Uh, difficult terrain does not slow you down. Uh, your group can't get lost. Um, when you're doing something such as like foraging or tracking, you still are alert to danger. You can't be surprised. Um, and a couple other things. Um, not as important. So the terrains are Arctic, coast, desert, forest, grassland, mountain, swamp, or the Underdark. What the hell's the Underdark? It is... It's like hell? It's not... No, it's not like hell. It's like if there was an... If people lived underground. Is oh, okay, it. okay. Yeah. It's like that one episode of One Piece where the people... Not One Piece, One Punch Man, where the people from the underground come up in their <laughs> world underneath, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so those are the ones you choose and that gives you bonuses. Um, whether If you're fighting... Or tracking uh, the the enemy, or if you're or if you're tracking or moving along a certain type of terrain. All right. Um, and where should I put this information in? Under features and traits. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm leaning towards. Uh, I mean, do I have to have a rationality for these, or? I mean, it's probably because it's like shape. a wild guess. I have no idea what the terrain's going to look like or what the people mm -hmm. are, what's going to be in it. Right. It could, so it's just... it could go with your background. If if you guys yeah. live in the woods, your favorite terrain could be woods. Or yeah. grasslands, depending on where your ancestors lived. Yeah, that would or make where sense. you trained. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna think my favorite terrain is a mountain. Okay. Uh, that's why I can run up the mountain. Apparently. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, and my favorite enemy—that's harder to decide, honestly. Um, I think I might cho choose. What are the humanoid races again? Um, I would. I guess any of the humanoids are the races we went through. Um, so Mix. humans, elves, dwarves, dragonborn, uh, halflings, gnomes, tieflings. Um, I'm sure that's not all of them. I'm, I'm tempted. I'm tempted towards celestials because they. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Or, yeah, I'm tempted that way. Hmm. Celestials meaning like deities, right? Like angels, gods, yeah. servants yeah. of divines. Ooh. They're not very common though. 
Oh, are they not? Oh, no. But then again, I have no idea what type of venture Chris has in store for I'll have to think about that one because I think you're right. It has to connect to like the background of who basically murdered my entire village and family. Um, can I like pause on that when I think more about the background and decide that by next time? Yeah, for sure. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But favorite terrain for sure, mountains. Cool. I think that's that's easy. Okay, next up we have your fighting style. That's basically something that you're trained in, that you have a lot of experience with, and that just gives you a an added bonus. And so you have you can choose between four different fighting styles. Archery, which gives you a plus two bonus to attack rolls with ranged weapons. Defense, which increases your AC by one while you're wearing armor. Dueling, that when you're you're fighting with a melee weapon and you, your second hand is not occupied, you don't have a shield. Oh no, you don't have a weapon in the other hand, sorry. Uh, you gain a plus two bonus to damage rolls with that weapon. So like if you have a sword in one hand, you will get a plus two. If you have the sword in two hands, you don't have that bonus. Got it. Um, and but you also have two weapon fighting, which means like if you have... If you fight with, if you have a, a weapon in each hand, uh, you can add your ability modifier to the damage of the second attack, which you usually can't do. So that increases your attack roll with the second weapon. Can I whack people on the head with my longbow? No. Oh. I mean, you can, but you'll have disadvantage to attack because attacking with a ranged weapon in close quarters is harder to do than attacking with the melee weapon. God, what I'm trying to say is that like the the bow itself doesn't count as a melee weapon. What I'm no. like, I can't like, you know what I mean? You yeah. could use it as an improvised melee weapon. But it won't do as much damage as it would have as a ranged weapon. As my like stick, um, or what is it called? Yeah. And you will also yeah. not get a plus two bonus with that thing if you take the archery one. If that's what you're thinking. <laughs> no, I was thinking of the two weapon thing where I have the arp the stick in one hand and then the oh, okay but i think isn't isn't a longbow a two-weapon it's a two-handed two weapon yeah two-handed weapon oh that anyway. makes sense even if it's not for shooting <laughs> mm, I, I i i question the logic here uh that's fine i can i can survive two weapons hmm now i'm debating whether i stack my archery stuff and just like be mm. the guy who runs on the walls and shoots people or do i like change it up and be like i want to actually also not die if someone shows up next to me and i can't do anything anymore and actually be able to fight someone and fight someone off um, i mean disengaging and run up a wall how are they gonna, they gonna oh, chase you? how are they gonna chase me <laughs> but what if the monsters can run up the walls too i don't Just know what... <laughs> hmm. and you've got teammates to help you out oh yeah true teammates ah oh, thank you but what if my flaw is that I don't like my teammates? <laughs> well, they they have to like you, not, <laughs> not the other way, if they are saving you. So. <laughs> uh, hmm. Okay, fine. I'll take... No, that sounds... The thing is, like, one of my least favorite things is when people just camp and just shoot from mm. far away. And it's, like, sad. Ah... <sighs> I mean, struggles. that's usually what a lot of spellcasters have to do, though. It's like, stay away from me, and yeah. I'm going to fire magic at you, because if you hit also me, that I will die. There is also, all people can also reach you with ranged attacks. That's mm -hmm. a good point so. as well. Yeah. I think I will do 
two weapon dueling. Mm -hmm. Just remember, you did choose the lighter armor. Oh, true. So uh, if you were going to actually use two weapons and getting into the thick of the fight, you'd probably want to choose a, the stronger armor. But if yeah. you're going to be fast and out of combat shooting people, then the lighter armor does make more sense. If you're trying Got to be it. stealthy with the leather armor, sneak up to the the roof and start shooting people, getting ambushes on them. Yeah. Can you and not change armors like before you, you, you go can, into a but battle? In, in game, it takes a while. And you can't like oh, it do does. it turn by turn. I see, I see. So you can't just be like, oh, I see people. I'm going to quickly change my armor. And then... No, donning and doffing armor is it takes a long time. Yeah. Oh, okay. A lot of and each ra- each round of combat is six seconds. So I have no idea how the actual gameplay works. So <laughs> you will find out next okay, time. Cool. Yes. Um, hmm. Tell me what to do. <laughs> you can it also think it's about hard it. hard when you haven't actually played it and you don't know how the character is going to evolve. But what you from what you've picked already, being able to go up different surfaces, being able to I'll shoot from far away, being able to be stealthy. Basically, the archery thing gives you the act edit, the added bonus to hit, which means you're less likely to miss. Yeah, which point. is really important because you, you get into a great position, you're right above the enemy, and then you miss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, I don't want to be Legolas. Like, I don't want, like, I don't want to be that like stereotypical elf with a with a bow. You know, like, I want to be like somewhat different. But the thing is, I just keep going in that direction more and more and more. <laughs> I mean, I Legolas couldn't climb up walls, that's so that's point. that's a good point. And don't forget, you could also just drop off the wall and like grab a sword and stab someone. Nice, you know, thirty foot of dropping damage. Can on you their poke head. people with the arrows, like in their eyes? Sure, but that's right. a melee attack. Okay, <laughs> one-handed though. Yes. Yeah, one-handed. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's going more down the Legolas route, though. Oh, good point. Oh, yeah, that de- Legolas definitely did that. Yeah. I mean, everyone, every like archer and any like, yeah, um, true. I'm also like watching this Hawkeye show now, and I'm just oh, yeah. like, this is I don't. <laughs> the archers are everywhere right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I will I will succumb to my fate. I will choose archery as my fighting okay, style. Cool. Where do I put that? There is one more important thing that rangers get, which will again define what type of range you are. It's your archetype. You can basically decide between two archetypes: the hunter and the beastmaster. The hunter is just an expert of well hunting hunting uh, creatures, uh, and you get specific bonuses as you level up. That you can you have, for example, at third level you can get one of three features. One of them uh, makes you hit an extra damage. One with one of them you can, for a specific type of enemy, you can as- attack a second time. And with the third one, you have an advantage of basically running away from a group of enemies. And with the Beastmaster, you get a companion. I, not even close. I want a companion. <laughs> I thought so. Uh, so there is a bunch of uh, animals you can choose from, but they ha- they are not they're small animals to begin with. So you can't just pick like a fucking tiger. Uh, and I can I can uh, read to you the uh, list of animals that you can choose, like a bat, a boar. You can choose a cat. You can choose a a, a snake or a frog. A frog. <laughs> a frog. Who chooses a frog? Like Would be funny though. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. Um, a hawk, a mastiff, 
a mule. There we are with the with that again. An owl, a panther. <laughs> for for whatever reason, panthers aren't that that like I, f I i would say like panthers are more are more badass than that but still it and like it depends on like their so-called challenge rating and uh, the stats that they have uh you can choose a rat you can choose a raven uh you can choose uh, a riding horse what does the riding horse do can i actually ride it and you can actually past? ride it yes go further and farther or just mm -hmm. my walking thing doesn't change if i can ride the horse a horse also has its own uh, speed. You can basically move 60 feet in one round, Ooh. which is like twice as much as you can now. And does that impact the... Oh, my God. I'm going to be an archer on a fucking horse. Um, <laughs> Legolas and Rohan. Yeah, I was going to say, more Legolas. More Legolas uh, there. Um, you can also choose a wo uh, wolf, by the way. And that's oh, that's basically. cool. Yeah. But you cannot ride the wolf. That's uh, That was like... This is, is not Princess Mononoke. Oh. There is also a dire wolf, but that one is too big. Like this one, uh, you can't choose. Okay. Maybe if you were a gnome, you could ride the wolf. Yes, but no. you won't. You're an elf. That's making me sad. Um, is the horse also stealthy like I am, or no? No. Okay, they're super loud. There is an extended list of stuff that would include things, something like a giant spider. So you could have oh. a spider companion who follows you up the walls and stuff. Ooh, that'd Ooh. be so cute. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's nice. Oh, that's so adorable. How big is the spider? Is someone going to just like uh, step on so it? So it's called a giant wolf spider. It's a medium-sized creature. So it's about the size of a large dog. Oh my god, it's a spider? <laughs> that's, yeah. so, that's so big. That's pretty big. Our, our, no, it's, our, really, it's got spider clan like you do, but also um, it's got things like blind fight and senses. It can stealth for you. It can like tell you if they're traps up ahead it can i be mean i'm freaking picking the spider are you kidding me <laughs> awesome. this is fantastic you need to come up with a really awesome name for the spider oh man that's gonna take me forever <laughs> i mean didn't you already say you were gonna name your oh, companion pepper. chopper yeah i'm really thinking oh my god that's so cute <laughs> um yeah I'm, i i want to do like but i need to make an amalgam of names right it can't just be chopper it has to be Chopper R2 BB8 some some like I mean for <laughs> legal reasons alone you cannot do that. <laughs> um yeah and then uh, basically you can uh, as your level increases you can uh, you can have more like abilities with your beast. Oh companion. he's so cute. Uh, but do they can they get killed? Yes, you can they can get killed but you can like resummon them because you have like a magical bond with them. Oh that's awesome. Yeah. And can my spider have babies? Uh, it can, but it also you can it it can attack too. Yeah, it oh. has its own like uh, it it's fighting with the party. Got it. Oh, that's amazing. Ooh, it yeah. deals quite a significant amount of damage. Is that what challenge rating is that? One second. Um, challenge rating quarter. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> you, you can get the spider. Giant wolf spider five e challenge rating one quarter. Uh, it's only got plus three to hit, but its damage is piercing damage and then an additional 2d6 poison damage. Nice. Um, ghost spider. I have to and it can paralyze name. people. Ooh, that's pretty cool. That's Boys. pretty good. Very nice. Yes. Rashad has a spider now. Yay! I have a spider Fantastic. friend. Fantastic. And you can come up with a backstory of how you even how you came how you met the spider. Why oh, didn't of course. He, he dragged me out of the rubble of this ashes of my dead family's home 
Damn. Yeah. Right that's there. It's right back, there. That's right there. He dragged you out to eat you, but you were all like, oh, you saved me. And he's like, uh, yeah. Saved. <laughs> yes. So he saved thinks you you're lunch. his pet. Ooh, sorry. So question. So the, um, for favorite enemy mm-hmm. beasts that include just animals and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Because I could speak spider tongue and he talked, I could talk to him because of my background of knowing the different animals. I will give you spider language for free. <gasps> Yay! Okay, I don't know what that means, but I will be able to speak to my spider. You will be able yeah. to speak with your spider. Yay! Speak with spider. Okay. <laughs> but you, it would ha- it, it's not a telepathic thing. You I have, have to, to physically talk out speak. loud. That's fine. Yes. Can I whisper? Sure. Okay. Sweet. Do spiders have? Can spiders I was hear just, things? I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like we're oh. all going to learn a lot about spiders on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It Welcome understands you. It doesn't matter whether that's biologically correct. This is fucking D and D. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because next up, we're coming up. where the next topic we're going to talk about is spells, and we don't have that in our world. So, All right. So on to spells. As a ranger, uh, after second level, you gain access to um, natural magic. So you can use. Uh, you don't have as many spell slots to cast spells as other spell casters do because you are primarily a martial and melee uh, class. But you do get a few spells that can be really useful when in a dungeon or uh, in a fight. So um, I'll start off just with the uh, first level spells you get because most spell classes get are what called cantrips. Cantrips are spells that they can cast all the time. Uh, you don't have cantrips, but you do have access to first level spells, but only two a day. So um, I'll give you a brief example of what some of them are to give you an idea. Something like um, animal friendship. You can magically uh, become friends with a wild beast other than your spider. Um, or speak with animals. You can learn how to talk with a variety of different animals, just magically to communicate them for a short time. These are two different uh, things. Yeah. Another one is Cure Wounds. It's a brief bit of healing magic. Uh, One is Detect Poison and Disease. You can use magic to determine if somebody is poisoned or if an area is poisoned or if there's a disease in this area or what disease it is. Can I Uh, detect if it's in like my food or something? Yeah. Yes, you can. Another one is Ensnaring Strike. It's one that you'll use in combat. It's basically when you shoot. Basically, you'll be able to magically restrain your targets. Um, things like fog cloud are like the ever smoking bottle. You create a giant smoke screen. Um, hunter's mark is a very powerful one. It's one that allows you to mark an enemy and basically know where they are at all times and deal extra damage to a particular target. So like if I have marked them and they go off and run away and then can I just know where they're going? Uh, I'm not sure how long it lasts for. I'll have to read up, um, actual things of the spell. Um, Maybe Alex can Google that while I... Hi. <laughs> uh, jump is a very fun spell. It basically triples your jump speed. So basically you can hulk yourself out of there. <laughs> oh, fun. Can I jump? Uh, long Strider increases your movement speed. So basically you can run really fast for a long time. And an ever popular one called Good Berry. Good Berry is one that you create a certain amount of little berries. And you can eat one and it'll keep you fed for the whole day. And each one restores one hit point. Quite handy if we're like in an area where we have no food 
um, we can't find anything. You're just like, okay, I'm going to create these berries and everyone's full fed for today. So, And you can give them to your teammates? Yep. You create like five or six or something. I can't remember how many you create, but... Do they go bad um, after a day? I'm not sure. There was a, a funny um, spell that someone made called Bad Berry. Oh, no. It's basically the opposite of Good Berry. Uh, very basically using it to poison people. Nice. And um, how often can you use these again? Remind me. So you get, when using magic, uh, you have what are called spell slots. The more powerful a spellcaster you are, the more slots you have. Rangers are very um, low-level spellcasters, so you would have two spell slots at level two. So when you get first access to magic, you have the chance to cast two spells a day. And as you level up, we're going to be starting off this adventure at level five, Chris, you said? That means that you'll have a few more spell slots by the time we get there. So we don't have to choose all of your spells now. I'm just giving you an idea that spells are something that will also come in be incorporated into your uh, your character's play style. Does my spider eat my good berries? He can, or he can go hunt for his own food. Okay. And so, like, conceivably, if I could use, if I could have two spells a day, if I have the berries, I'll never go hungry, as, like, right? Yeah. So we never uh, have to so forage for food. So at fifth level, at fifth level, you'll have access to four different spells. You will have, you can, two of them can be, Level 2 spells, which are more powerful. Uh, level 2 spells for a ranger include things like Animal Messenger. You can send an animal to deliver a message somewhere really far away. Um, dark Other vision, than spider? To see in the dark. It could be your spider, or it could be okay. another animal. Um, find traps. Uh, bark skin. Bark skin lets your skin get really hard and you, you, you get resistance to damage. Uh, silence. Basically, science. You force people they can't speak, which really sucks for magic casters because a lot of them require verbal components to cast spells. Oh, okay. Uh, pass without trace is a really good one for ranger. Basically, you and your group of your party members can basically pass through an area with a huge bonus to your stealth, so you can get through dangerous areas without being noticed. Lesser restoration is a very powerful healing spell, which allows you to cure diseases and um. And small curses, weak curses can be cured with rest, lower, lesser restoration. And things like that. and then spike growth, which is actually a really powerful utility spell. You create a big area of invisible spikes in the ground, and then any creature that tries to move through it, they take damage for every five feet they move through it. And so if they're like charging you down a hill and you cast that in front of them, they have to go through it, and then they're like, ah, they can't stop. <laughs> and it does, uh, it can actually be used really well to use do a lot of damage. And but does do your teammates also get that damage if they walk through it? They do if they are there, if they are in the spike group, but you choose where to cast it. So oh, if it okay. is something that you guys have planned, you're setting up an ambush, um, or trying to like cover the rear, like we're being chased, I'm going to cast that behind us to slow the enemy down. Those types of things. Okay. So we can go over uh, what spells to pick uh, later and just have them on your character sheet for the start of the game. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. So I have to figure out which ones of these do I need. Mm -hmm. yeah, I have like, I'll send you a uh, list. Yeah. I have some ideas of which ones I think are interesting, but I will have to pick two level twos and two level ones conceivably. Yep. No, you can also just, I think you can just do whatever you want. 
You can also some some of the uh, spells you can also cast at higher levels, so that for example they deal more damage. So ostensibly you could also pick four level one spells and just like beef them up. Cast them as level twos. Yeah, and you can just like uh, at this point only cast a level two spell twice a day. Yeah, I see. And you so these are the can i just like choose different ones every single day or do i have to choose them ahead of the time and then these are the ones that i can choose throughout the entire game uh, it depends on which type of spellcast you are wizards can basically choose new ones every day because they have a yeah. large spell book of spells uh i'll have to actually check and see if a ranger can keep their spells or if they can change mm-hmm. okay all right let me know about Never that and i will i will think about what i want to do there so many, so much homework this time. <laughs> and that, that's a lot of the character done now. Yeah. The only two things now are just because you are leveling up. We You already got the um, stat increase, right? That we did in the first episode, which is something you get at level four. Um, and you will get that as you level up as well. I will have you level up between different sessions. Um, so you gain more abilities. There's one ability that you get at third level that's called Primeval Awareness, where basically uh, for one minute per minute, uh, sorry, for one minute per level of the spell slot you expand to cast this one, you can sense uh, whether, you know, certain types of creatures are present within one mile of you uh, or six miles if you are in your favorite terrain. And... Uh, those those creatures are aberrations, celestials, dragons, and elementals, fey, fiends, and undead. So when you do that, uh, it's it's an action that you use, and it it costs a spell slot. Um, so, you, but it's basically an awareness of your surroundings and whether any potentially harmful creatures are around you. Okay. And the last thing is basically. <laughs> Uh, when we will get into combat when we're actually playing the game, but uh, you know, you there is a you can take one action per round, and one of the uh, options you have is to use the attack action. And as of level five, when you use your action to attack someone, you will get an extra attack. Oh, okay. So you can attack attack twice instead of once, but what you can't do is do something else with your action and then attack. You I will see. have to, so if you attack once, you can attack twice. I see. I just checked it up. And every time you level up, you can choose to replace one of your ranger spells with a different one. Okay. Right. That's that's kind of the groundwork for Ahoy here. How are you feeling, Rashad, after a lot of input? Good. I'm still trying to find a name for Spider Friend. <laughs> that's my primary concern right now. Yes. <laughs> I have an idea, though, with the backstory a little bit better. So we, we and we will get to meet all three of those characters next time. I'm very pumped. We're gonna we're gonna start our adventure. And thank you all. Thank you all. Also, Adam and Alex for helping me explain some of the basics of D and D character creation to Rashad. Of course, no problem. Thank you guys so much. He is God. Goddamn. God. <laughs> I will cut all of the God references, by the way. So, okay. <laughs> if you want to make, I I appreciate it. It's funny, but <laughs> I will. That's not no. Are you sure you don't want to be God, Chris? Uh, He's not God. He is the universe. The he universe. is the world we inhabit.
<laughs> yeah, you're inhabiting me. <laughs> oh Wait, hold on. Is it a wolf spider you said? You fool! Oh, this is the second oh. time you're ruining my transition, man. Yeah. <laughs> What's your transition, Chris? Nah, fucking just, just go, Adam. <laughs> I'm, you broke my spirit now. I'm, 